So a preacher and a lawyer pass away on the same day and they go to heaven. And in heaven, they're greeted by Gabriel. And Gabriel says, would you like to see your new home? And they said, absolutely. So they first walked to the preacher's house. It was a nice, modest home, certainly a little bit better than the one he had on earth. And then they went to go see the lawyer's house. It was a mansion, the biggest house in heaven. They even had a pool in the backyard. Preacher said, hey, Gabriel, I don't mean to be rude, but why does the lawyer get such a big house? It's way bigger than mine. Gabriel looked at him and said, hey, we get preachers in here all the time, but this is the very first lawyer we've ever had in heaven. (laughs) Hey, y'all, last week we had to talk about the important topic of hell, but we're bringing greater joy back. We're going to talk about heaven today. Talk about heaven. The reality is a lot of people really don't know much about heaven. I mean, they have vague ideas and notions of what heaven is going to be like based on Bad jokes like I just shared or movies or books about people who said they went to heaven and came back. Some people imagine God looking like Morgan Freeman, you know, like that's what they think heaven is like. And, and, and it, the reality is people don't have a true idea of what heaven is like. Sadly, some people think all heaven is like is going to be this eternal, never-ending church service. How many of you have thought that maybe growing up? Like, it's just going to go nonstop. And, you know, that's great if your name is John Ravenau or if you're on the worship team. But what about the rest of us, you know? Like, you're like 100 years of singing and singing and it's gone on forever. When is this ever going to end? Like, some of you, if you think heaven's going to like that, you're like, man, we just sang three songs and it's more than enough for you, right? But it's based on these, like, ideas of, of heaven that aren't, Biblical, And we're going to discover today what heaven is like. I'm going to do the very best I can to describe it based on scripture and what we know about the word of God. But the reality is I'm not going to be able to come close. You know, Jesus told his own disciples that I've, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go to prepare a place for you. And, and then scripture says in, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. The Lord loves you as you are his children, as, as a follower of him, and he has prepared such a place that there's no way you can get your mind around it. There, no eye has seen, no ear has heard how amazing and how incredible it is. No artist, no movie director, no Star Wars... CGI designer can come close to describing what heaven is like. And as I was preparing this message, I I went to a place so my mind could be expanded. I said, Lord, give me a a glimpse of what heaven is is going to be like based on scripture. And and so I went to Port A. It was May the 2nd. It was on a Saturday. It was the Saturday after Texas, Texas opened up. Now, we may not know exactly what heaven is going to be like, but after months of quarantine, how many of you know what hell's going to be like, right? <laughs> and, and so it was the day after Texas opened up, we went to the beach and, and it was so beautiful. I mean, the, the seagulls and the pelicans were flying, the, it was blue sky, the, the ocean waves were coming in, the sand was perfect. It was just like, we were there, I was with Stephanie, I was with my son Bryce and his buddy Ethan. It was just like, how many of you have ever had a moment where you're just like, this is so good, I don't want it to end. 
Have you ever had that moment? Like, I wish this could just go forever. And I was like having that one of those moments. I was like, this is good. I mean, I'm with people I love and it's such a beautiful place. And there's Bryce and he's playing on a boogie board and he just bites it. And I'm like, man, it just doesn't get any better than this. This is so good, man. But you know what? The reality is that heaven is gonna be infinitely greater than the, 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 the best day that we ever have here on earth. That's the reality. And, and in fact, scripture tells us, like it says in Psalm 84, verse 10, better is one day in your courts, O Lord, than a thousand anywhere else. Like heaven isn't just a place, it's the presence of Jesus. And, and heaven's gonna be great. Like it, it's gonna be wonderful. Beyond uh, our ability to even understand or comprehend, it's gonna be better than that. But even the dullest day in heaven is gonna be better than our greatest day here on earth because we're gonna be in the presence of the Lord. That we should hunger and thirst for that. It's gonna be that good. But the enemy doesn't want us to, to have an idea of what heaven is truly like. And so I, I believe that it, we know that in Isaiah, Chapter 14, we learn about Lucifer who wanted to be like God and God said, you can't have this role, cast him out of heaven along with a third of the angels who are called demons today. And the Bible calls Lucifer Satan, the father of lies. And his mission is to lie, to deceive and to give you thoughts that are not biblical regarding eternity, hell and heaven. I am convinced that he is trying to convince, especially in the West, in the United States, that hell is not a real place or it's not that bad. Because if he can, then we won't have a fear of God and we won't have a sense of urgency to tell others about the life-changing news of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And he's doing the same thing with heaven. So I wanna give you just two two myths or two lies that, that the enemy will try to lie to us about heaven. First, heaven can wait. I believe the enemy wants us to believe that heaven can wait, that it's maybe not as good as what it really is. And the reality is some of us, we want heaven to wait. I remember when I was younger, I was like, man, Lord, I, I, if, you're, if you're gonna come back, will you just come back after I get married? How many of you have ever had that, that prayer, that thought? Come on. And then I was like, once I got married, I was like, Lord, just, just wait until I have kids, right? You, you prayed that prayer? And then I had kids. And I was like, Lord, why didn't you come back before I had kids? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I never prayed that. But I was like, Lord, because we get our heart and here on earth and we get so happy and we're trying to hold on to things here on earth. And when then those things are shaken up or, or those begin to change, we get upset. We're going through a very difficult year right now, right? And, and some of us are like, okay, this is a tough year. I'm ready to go now to heaven. Lord, come quickly. I don't know how much more I can take. But, but our home is not here and our treasure should not be here on earth. Our treasure should be in heaven. Our heart should be in heaven. Colossians chapter four says you must have a heavenly mindset. How can we have a heavenly mindset if we don't clearly understand what heaven is like? And so let's discover from the word of God what heaven is like, because it's so important to understand this and how the enemy is trying to lie to us that heaven can wait. Last week, we looked at the passage of scripture, a very real story in Luke chapter 16, where Jesus said a rich man went to Hades, right? And Hades is a place of torment. But at the end of the age, at the end of time, all of death and Hades will be swallowed up into eternal fire. And, and, and it, it, scripture says that even heaven, there's going to be a new place. Like heaven as we know it is is, is, well, Paul says that to be absent in the body is to be present with who? 
the Lord, right? And do you remember when Jesus was having that conversation with the criminal on the cross and he repented and he said, today I will see you where? In paradise. Like it's a beautiful place. Like par- that heaven as we know is a place that we dwell with the Lord. But all of these, these things are, are going to change. I uh, like a Psalm 16 verse 11 says, you will fill me with joy in your presence. You will fill me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand. Like here on earth, we can experience joy. We can experience greater joy, but I'm gonna tell you this. We will not experience greatest joy until we get to heaven. It'll be the greatest joy we can ever experience. We'll be in the presence of the Lord. So the first lie the enemy will try to get us to believe is that heaven can wait. You know what the second lie is? That everybody's going to heaven. And most people are just going to heaven. If you ask people around you, are you going to heaven? Most people are gonna say, yes, I go to heaven. Have you ever been to a funeral and you heard the preacher say, I don't know about this guy. I don't think he made it. Have you ever heard that? Like, never, right? Like for, I read a study that said that for every one person who believes they are, that he or she is going to hell, 120 are convinced they're going to heaven. You know what that leads us to believe? That most people are deceived. Based on Jesus's words, In Matthew chapter seven, verse 13 through 14, he says, enter through the narrow gate, right? For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. How many are on it? A lot of people, a whole bunch of people are on it. But he says, small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. See, a lot of people, they think heaven is the default destination, but it's not true. Hell is the default destination. Why? Because of sin. Sin separates us from God. We break the heart of God and we start living a life that is apart from him. And it's a wide road that we think we're wise in our own eyes and it leads to destruction. It leads to separation, to death, eternal death. And it's only because of what Jesus did on the cross as he sacrificed himself because of his great love, because of his grace for you, that he laid his life down. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, believe that he indeed is the son of the living God and we confess and repent of our sin, we are saved, we are born again. Then and only then will heaven be our home. And so these are the two lies that the enemy tries to get us to believe about heaven. But let's discover what the word of God says about heaven. Please turn with me in your Bibles to to the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. This is written by the apostle John, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. He's older in life. He has been persecuted because of his faith and he's exiled on an island, the Isle of Patmos. And there he receives this vision of the things to come. He receives a vision of heaven. And he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these words down, and we have it today. A lot of times we don't study the book of Revelations because maybe it's difficult to understand or we get nervous about it, but it's the word of God. And we are wise. The word of God says we are blessed when we read and study these words. And so let's look at the word of God today. In verse one of Revelation 21, is then I saw what? He saw a new heaven and what else? And a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had what? They passed away and there was no longer any sea. 
Now, this would be bad news for anybody who likes to fish, right? <laughs> Not really. See, it, it, when they say that there's no longer a sea, they believed in that time that all storms were brewed out in sea. And so it's figurative language to describe difficult times, chaotic times. In other words, there's gonna be no more of those times. There's not gonna be any more storms of life. This is good news. But there's gonna be a new heaven and new earth, the old heaven and the old earth. Some of you are reading this for the first time. It says they're gonna be passed away, right? In verse two, he says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, I want to pause right here because I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, John is saying in this book of Revelation, there's 20 times where this happens. And this is the final time. This is the 20th time. So it's very important. We need to lean in and listen to what this big announcement from heaven, from God is. He says, now the dwelling of God is what? Is with men. God will live with them. Now look at this. He says, they, us, will be his people. God himself will be where? He will be with them and he will be their God. And what is he gonna do? He's gonna wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more what? No more death. There will be no more mourning or crying or no more pain. Why? The older order of things has passed away. So John is having this glimpse of eternal heaven and it's for us to understand why it's so important to have this glimpse and this picture of heaven. It'll change the way we live. It'll change the way we think about God and eternity because here on earth, we live for such a small, small just slice of time compared to all of eternity. Imagine that. And so if we have a good understanding of what eternity, hell, and heaven is like, it will change the way we live here on earth. It'll change the way that we view God and choose and view ourselves and, our, and how we use our time. How are you gonna steward your time? So I wanna give you from the word of God today four heavenly conclusions that will change your life. I really believe that. First, we can look at this scripture and know that number one, God will establish a new heaven and a new earth. Following the return of Jesus, there's gonna be a 1,000 year reign. We will reign with the Lord, it says, for a thousand years. After that, the old earth, the old heaven will pass away and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. That's what scripture says. It says they pass away. What does that mean? Well, the same God who offers you new life in Christ. When you, when you surrender your life to Jesus, John chapter three says you are spiritually born again into the kingdom of God and that you will have a new resurrected glorified body one day. After you die, or should the Lord come back, it is appointed once a man to die, and after that to face judgment, to go into eternity. So all of us have that in common, right? And so just as we have new life in Christ, as we will have a new glorified body, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Like this is scripture. This is what what the Lord says in the Bible. In fact, Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17 says, I will create a what? A new heaven and a what? And a new earth. This is very plain in scripture. In 2 Peter chapter three, verse 13, scripture says, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to what? A new heaven and a new earth, and it will be a home of righteousness. Like there's this new heaven and a new earth. Jesus says, blessed 
are those who are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And so scripture says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Now, what is that going to be like? Again, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. And so based from scripture, we can, man, I, I believe that chances are good and a lot of scholars Theologians will, will say, hey, things that you experience, the, the wonderful things that God created here on earth are gonna be so much better than, than what we can imagine. But a lot of what we experience here on earth that brings us joy, perhaps we can experience it in the age to come. Like it will be more. Yet, will there be worship? Absolutely. I believe that we won't help but be able to worship the Lord when we see him face to face. But there's gonna be other things that we will have and we will feast together and we will have times of enjoyment. I, I imagine that in those of you who enjoy playing golf, you're still gonna be able to play golf on some of the most beautiful courses in the world. And, and, but you won't have to pay those high green fees, amen? <laughs> those of you who like to garden, imagine gardening in the Garden of Eden. Like I imagine like the sweetest and most incredible single track that I'll be able to mountain bike on will happen in heaven. I imagine, it's like, what? I can't prove that to be true, but there will be no more curse. Like the Lord is gonna redeem. It'll be better, a new heaven and a new earth that's beyond our comprehension to understand, but it's gonna be so amazing, so incredible. Our hearts should long for it. It shouldn't be, well, eventually, I guess I'll go to heaven. One day, it should be something that we, it's our, it's our blessed hope that we look forward to being in the presence of the Lord. And so first we can understand from scripture, God will have a new heaven and a new earth. Second conclusion we can make from this passage of scripture, God will do away with death, mourning, and pain, right? Revelation 21, verse four and five, let's look at it again. He says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more, What? Death and no more mourning and no more crying and no more pain for the older, old order of things has passed away. And he was seated on the throne and said, I am making everything new. Can you imagine that? Like, what is it right now that bothers you? What's the chief concern that's on your heart? Like, what are you struggling with? Is it that headache? No more in heaven. Like, is that the chronic backache? No more in heaven. No more cancer, no more tears, no more death, no more pain. How many of you experience true grief from pain of a lost loved one that has passed away or a worry about someone who's gonna pass away? This past Friday, I talked to a dear friend in our church family that lost her spouse in a tragic car accident. And the grief and the brokenness as we prayed together, it was so severe. But, but you know, one day in heaven, like her spouse is not, he, he's in heaven. There is no more pain. But, but there, the feeling and the emotional trauma of, of grief, we'll never experience it again when we're in heaven. Like, ladies... You won't be on those wheelchairs in heaven. You're gonna be dancing, you're gonna be walking. It's gonna be incredible. Like, think about the, what causes you anxiety or depression or concerns about the future or the unknown. Like, you're not gonna have those worries anymore. You're not gonna have struggle about is there gonna be another wave of the coronavirus, you know? Like, that won't even be an issue anymore. There won't be the economic uncertainty or, or what's gonna happen. There won't be the death of babies dying from malnutrition. It won't be any more genocide. There will be no more cancer. He's gonna wipe away all of our tears. No more death, no more mourning, no more pain. Praise God, this is a promise in the word of the Lord. 
The third heavenly conclusion that we can have based on this passage of scripture, Revelation 21, and this is the most powerful. I love this more than any of the other promises. God himself will dwell with us. That the creator of the universe wants to dwell with you. And I know that he's omni. We know that scripture says he's omnipresent, meaning he's, he can be everywhere at the same time. But in heaven, it's gonna be different. It's going to be better. Like it, 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 that's the desire of his heart. And we've always like, I think in scripture, there's what would it be like to see God? Like we know with our finite eyes, we can't see God and survive. Remember the scripture in Moses where he tried? Like, God, I just wanna see you. And God said, no, you can't see me and live. But here's what I'll do. I want you to come and I want you to hide your, your face in the side of the mountain and I'll pass by and I'll put my hand over your eyes, but I'll, I'll let you just see a, a small glimpse of my, of my side as I pass by. And as a result, remember, like, he saw that just a glimpse of the side and his face was radiated for 40 days. People couldn't even look at Moses and he had to put a veil over Moses' face because he was just radiating from the presence of the, the Lord. Like, look at scripture in, in, in Revelation chapter 21, verse three again. It says, now the dwelling of God, where is it? It's with men and he will live with him. He will be our God. Do you understand that this fulfills one of the greatest desires and dreams of the Lord? And that is unbroken fellowship. That sin no longer creates separation between us and God. Isaiah talks about that, right? Like because of our sin, it separates us from God. Iniquity separates us from God. And it causes God's face to be hidden from us. And, and we, we can't stand to be in his presence because of conviction of sin. But in heaven, there will not be any more sin. Praise the Lord. There will not be any wickedness or evil. And there will just be that the fellowship with the Lord will be ongoing, will be in the presence of the Lord. In Revelation 22, verse 3, it says, No longer will there be any curse. The curse is gone. It is broken once and for all. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. And what are they going to do? In verse 4, it says, what are we going to do? It says, and we will see his face. We will finally get to see his face. Can you imagine what that's going to be like when you're in heaven, that first time you see Jesus, like all those feelings and emotions, and you're like, this is the one who's healed me. This is the one who's forgiven me. This is the one who's given me a new glorified body, and I'm no longer separated from him. But for eternity, I'll be in his presence. Eternity, I'll be a home with people I love, and there's no more pain, no more sin, no more death, no more struggles. Like, you won't be able to but just to fall on your knees and worship the Lord because you'll see the, the glory of God, the sum of all of his attributes. You'll see him as the one who forgave you and saved you. You'll see him as that good shepherd, the light of the world, the life and the resurrection. Once and for all, you will see the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you won't want to, want to be out of his presence because it'll mean so much. But our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard, our minds can't even begin to understand. This is just a glimpse of what heaven is gonna be like. But the reality is the enemy doesn't want you there. And your name is either in the Lamb's book of life or it isn't. He has done his part. He has sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. He loves you. The fourth heavenly conclusion is that God wants you in heaven. But the reality is many are on the road that leads to destruction. And unless we 
understand that the Holy Spirit is drawing our hearts to repentance, then we're not gonna be on that narrow path. But the Lord wants you on that way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we must clearly understand what heaven's gonna be like. We must clearly understand what eternity is gonna be like. Clearly understand the gospel. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for your words in scripture. I pray that you would stamp eternity on our hearts. The Lord, that we would not be so casual when it comes to eternity, hell and heaven. Lord, I pray that as we are in your presence even now, that we would understand clearly the gospel, clearly what's at stake. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for your word. And I pray that your words, O oh Father, will convict us, that we will understand truth. Help us, Lord. Help us to understand in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus.